Hello, welcome to Bridge Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we'll be talking about One Night Alone from the album One Night Alone. Dot, dot, dot. Um, recorded spring 2001 at Paisley Park and first made available to people on the 17th of January 2002, but released on an album on the 14th of May 2002. On the track, it is just Prince with his piano. Um, and the song is 3 minutes 36. Joining me to talk about today is Gina Radcliffe. Hello, Gina. Hello. Now, this is the first album uh, officially released after Prince had started the MPG Music Club. Um, you know, uh, he'd started the MPG Music Club um as like a website um, for fans to gain access. Uh, originally, it was on. It, it was there to replace MPGOnlineLimited.com, which is like a terrible website name. Um, so it was just MPGMusicClub.com. The like the, the website itself was. You can find it archived online. You know, it was fairly kind of like um, you know interactive. Um, you know, if you if you remember, you could kind of go in and, and you could go to it's almost a little bit like the game that came out a few years before uh, where you could go. You could kind of go around Paisley Park and, you know, you would be able to listen to songs that Prince released each month. Um, and then you would also get live performances. And then there was the MPG radio shows, which would go out like four times a month where you could just listen to Prince. And also when Prince was on tour, you would get to hear Prince doing sound checks. And stuff like that, um, you know. So if if you had the money, it was clearly worth, um, you know, spending. I don't know, like I think it was one hundred and twenty dollars at one point a year, just to have access to all this stuff. Um, you know, Rainbow Children was first released as you know um, a single MP3 file, which in two thousand one must have taken a long time to download. Yeah, I was gonna say, does anybody have the uh, the space in their computers for that? <laughs> well, yeah. So I mean, you know, so it was released about a month before it got to the shops, just like as an MP3. And then there were a few other like albums, you know, which you know we're going to be talking about the next few albums, basically like One Night Alone where Prince would record the album and then he would, you know, it would be made available to stream and then he would, you know, the, the any members would then get a copy sent to them in the post. That was kind of, like, it, it's very difficult for me to cover everything that went out on MPG Music Club, but a lot of it was, you know, streams of older songs, you know, streams of remixes of songs, you know, most of which I've, you know, I've already kind of covered. Um, and then occasionally there would be, you know, just a, a single that was just released online and nowhere else and, you know, never ended up on an album, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I'll, I, I, you know, obviously I'll kind of cover those, you know, um, you know, as bonus tracks, I think at some point. Um, but then you have the albums Musicology, uh, Chocolate Invasion, Slaughterhouse and an album called C-Note, which I'm not going to cover because C-Note is just five tracks that are essentially soundtrack um sound checks so they're not really songs they're just they're named after the locations where prince sound checked them so like um i think one of them is like the tea part of that is tokyo um so you know and the album news was also released this way and one night alone so you know there's a period of about you know five years where this was the way prince released albums uh, and then, you know, with musicology, he discovered that if he gave them away at concerts, he could, uh, that would count. And, you know, then there was a whole thing with Billboard where they kind of put a stop to that type of thing. Um, and the last album kind of officially that was part of the MPG Music Club, um, I think, was Expectation. Um, you know, so there's like there's a whole load of stuff starting from this point where it's it's a lot of MPG Music Club material. Um, and then after Prince released One Night Alone, you know, as a 
you know as a an actual full album um, he then did like a, a three cd live set which went out to um you know subscribers to the mpg music club um you know this track itself was part of the mpg music club edition number 12 um <laughs> originally um and then you know what prince then did was he would collect the you know a number of songs um, that he'd released throughout the year and then he'd issue them out as an album um and that you know that kind of became like this album um you know and the next kind of few albums um i think musicology was one of the few times where he didn't do that musicology was you know always re intended to be an album but stuff like you know chocolate invasion slaughterhouse they were just collections of tracks that he'd recorded throughout the year and if you're a prince fan then you know this is this is what prince had wanted since the start of his career a way to release two or three songs a month and people got them you know and could listen to them straight away um you know like a lot of these the songs that were on one night alone prince basically recorded like the day before they were released and so when you were you you're there as a subscriber and you're hearing these songs literally you know within a day of prince recording them um, which you know is quite remarkable and that you know that was that that was kind of like you know the the approach that prince had always wanted to do you know and warner brothers kind of held him back and so he kind of resorted to recording albums for the time and recording albums for vanity and jill jones and like he had so many songs that he wanted to put out and warner brothers kept restricting him so mpg music club was a great way for him to just put out as much music as anyone could handle um, and, you know, it turned out to be quite a lot of music that Prince wanted to put out. Um, but interestingly, he starts with this kind of piano album, you know, which is just Prince at the piano, as shown on the artwork that, that kind of accompanied the MP3s, uh, where for some reason Prince has got like a, a nest with some eggs in <laughs> and like a sunflower plant over this, this kind of superimposed over this keyboard. I'm not quite sure why that is there but like the full-time title of one night alone was solo piano and voice by prince um and that kind of you know let you know exactly what all these songs were um, including one of which a uh, case of you which is a cover of a Joni mitchell song um so you know it kind of this being a chance for prince to kind of you know really connect with the fans and get stuff to them it, it turns sour pretty quickly um <laughs> because prince realized he didn't have as much music as he first thought and so later on, some of these fans took Prince to court and he released some albums just through contractual obligation, just because he promised them like an album a year. So he then just had to release an album a year to make that up. Um, but starting here, it you know, this feels like, you know, the start of Prince trying something different and being like, you know, uh, if you've been a fan, then pay me a fixed fee and I'll give you as much music as you can handle. Um, and I, the weirdest thing is one night alone is such a kind of quiet start to the whole thing. <laughs> like, I, you know. I love it. I think it's a, I think it's a lovely song. I, I, I've never heard it before you, uh, you, you asked me to do this episode and I, it sounds very, I, I don't know theatrical is the word I would use, but it definitely sounds like something you'd hear in a movie. <laughs> like a, you know, I mean, I don't, I realize his songs didn't get used a lot in, in movies cause he didn't, he really did not. He really so rarely signed, uh, you know, uh, signed away the rights to use it. Although there is, I don't know if you've seen Black Klansman yet. Um, they uh, they At time use, of recording, I haven't. Yeah, they did use one of his songs during the end credits, and but that's so it's so rare. Uh, but it's it definitely sounds like something you'd hear in a movie, and I, I thought it was just it's a very it's not a very you know, extravagantly done song, but it's very pretty. As as has become common with you know Prince songs from around this kind of time period, and this is kind of applies it doesn't apply so much to Rainbow Children because that is a, that's an album with a lot of choruses, 
Um, but, you know, Prince seems to abandon the idea of a chorus. And yeah, so... There's, some, there's some spoken word things in it, which is a little mm, kind of makes it a, little, <laughs> a little shaky. But overall, I think it, 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 it very much works. So I would say it is kind of it is kind of like, a you know, it's, it's clearly a ballad, but it, like, you know, it's it, there is a little bit of kind of seduction. Um, and also it, it calls back to a theme that has actually appeared in a few Prince songs, which is Prince dressing someone. Um, which I, I don't know why Prince had this obsession, but he seemed to think that like one of the most romantic gestures in the world was him putting clothes on you. And so he kind of goes back to that here um, in the spoken word part, you know. Um, but yeah, so he kind of sets the scene saying in a pale blue spotlight, a figure spins around, a voice calls out to you. Baby, do you like the sound? Um, you know, an undulating acrobat ready to do your bidding says, come, you must let me dress you. But first, I must do a fitting. Do you like fast or do you like slow? And, you know, it, like, it's very evocative. Like, straight away, it's setting a scene. And you clearly can see what he's kind of, you know, spelling out here. Um, you know, about this, this pale blue spotlight um, and this figure. Um, you know, and I like as well the fact that Prince is like, I'm going to do a fitting first. Before I start dressing you, let's... And it's like, clearly, this is a man who has had a tailor on staff for like 15 years of his life. <laughs> Like, he knows how it works. It's like, you can't just make some clothes. You've got to have a fitting first. You've got to get things completely in, the, you know, someone's got to come in and measure things and get stuff done right before you actually kind of, you know, make clothes for someone. Um, so I kind of like that that comes through here. Like, and the weirdest thing is, if you weren't like a Prince fan, like, you know, I guess to most people, you'd be like, wait there, what's, what's he going to make? We're going to do a fitting? Like, it's, it's such a weird kind of detail. Uh, but I like that it, it's kind of one of those things that kind of speaks to the life that Prince has had for, you know, at least the last decade before this song was released. It's like, of course you have fittings. Like, isn't that what everyone does? Their tailor comes around twice a week, you know, does fittings, then makes you clothes. Like, it, I don't know, it kind of, it gives a little window into kind of Prince's life. Um, but yeah, and I, I, you know, the piano itself isn't kind of like overwhelming. And the thing with Prince as well is like, you know, he's he's a competent pianist. You know, he can play his own songs on piano and, you know, he's fairly good at like kind of composing stuff for piano, but he's not a pianist in the sense of someone who is classically trained. So the piano stuff, and I'll probably say this for most of these tracks on here, is not, it's not like kind of very show-offy, it's just very kind of basic piano stuff. So, you know, the stuff that kind of sounds really good, but it sounds like someone who basically, you know, knows enough to play piano to impress you that they can play piano, but you know, if you're, if you're like a proper pianist, you'd be like, okay, well, show me what you can actually do, because this just sounds like someone who's, you know, who's, just knows how to do stuff on piano. They don't truly kind of command the instrument. I, I was going to say, I was going to say, you know, he, he, you know, he pl plays the piano in case he having his own personal tailor on staff just doesn't impress you enough. <laughs> yeah. But what about this? Um, you know, I just said, just I can play the piano really well. The thing is as well, like obviously when, when Warner Brothers signed him, they kind of, they, they, they had a press release that talked about the many instruments Prince played, you know, like, which I think it was 30-something instruments that they said he played, but 20-something of those were all polymoogs. So it was really pretty much only kind of about 10 instruments. Um, but yeah, you know, he's as far as guitarists go, he's a great guitarist. Like, I don't think anyone can dispute that. Right. Um, you know, it, like, he, he's amazing on guitar. And, you know, obviously he is a fantastic vocalist. You know, he, he, you know, he knows what to do with his voice. But every other instrument, you know, drums and guitar, uh, sorry, drums and bass and piano, He's mostly competent, you know, like he's not he's not fantastic. He's not a fantastic drummer. You know, he can do enough, but any drummer he's had in his band has been able to kind of outshine him quite easily. 
Um, and the same is kind of true of like the bassists. You know, there's a there's a reason why like Larry Graham was on tour with him for like ten years as a bassist. It's because Prince knows. You know, when it comes to bass, you really need to get someone who knows what they're doing. Um, so here, you know, the piano, like you say, it, it, like it's a it's a it's a really kind of pretty piece, but it's it's not really that complex. And, you know, it's just kind of serviceable in terms of like his piano skills. Um, way better than me. You know, I can barely get anything out of piano, you know, uh, but clearly not my instrument. Um, but I c you can kind of tell that what he's doing is is just kind of very simple kind of arpeggios of chords. And he's not he's not really kind of pushing himself, um, which I think is fine because I think, you know, the kind of the vocals are the main thing that he's really kind of, um, you know, emphasizing on this particular song. Um, you know, and he, he says, uh, I know it's better if we make it up as we go along. Uh, and oh, by the way, tell me what's your name. Again, this is a Prince thing that he's done in a number of songs where something has happened. You know, they've, they've you know, Prince has kissed someone or, you know, they've had sex. And then he's like, what's your name? And it's kind of a very kind of Prince trick to pull. Um, but also at this point, Prince had actually changed his name back to Prince. So I think that might be a little bit of like, you know, what's your name is kind of like, well, Prince can finally say his name is Prince once more. Um, he is no longer an unpronounceable symbol, which, um, you know, and, and that's the fact that he says, I'll let it sweeten my tongue just once and never speak it again. It's, I, you know, again, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, a real good turn of phrase. Um, you know, since this is our little secret, untarnished memory in the Pell's um, blue spotlight. So once again, Prince kind of returning to the first line. Um, and then, of course, he says, let me hear you scream if you're ready for one night alone with me. Now, I think the let me hear you scream, uh, obviously, that has sexual connotations. But when Prince did this live, that was obviously just a cue for the crowd to start screaming. Right. And was he, in fact, standing in a pale blue spotlight when he did this song? Yes. Oh, of yeah, course. Obviously. Of course. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> you got you to gotta love, you gotta love a, a singer-songwriter who puts his stage direction right in the lyrics of his song. This makes it so much easier. The kind of the untarnished memory, you know, this this being our little secret, this, fe this feels, obviously, it can obviously be applied to sex. And I feel, you know, maybe that's the, the direction Prince is going. But it also feels like this is Prince talking to his audience as he performs live. It's like this, you know, this will be our, you know, our secret, our untarnished memory is this performance together, you know. And obviously that's when he, he kind of calls out to the crowd, let me hear you scream, um, you know. And the kind of, if you're ready for one night alone with me. That also kind of lets you know what the dot, 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 because obviously in the title of the album, it's one night alone and then there's an ellipsis. So the with me is the unspoken part of that title. Um, so, which again, kind of applies to this album. It's like, you know, stick this album on and you're going to be spending a night with just Prince and his piano. And, you know, to me, if, if someone had said, we're going to fly you out to Paisley Park, you're going to sit in the corner of a studio while Prince plays his piano for like 40 minutes. I'd have been like, let's go. You know, <laughs> All right. Sure. Like, I, you know, I'm <laughs> not going to object to that. What do I pack? You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> will, so, will, will Taylor you know. make me something that I can wear? <laughs> <laughs> I would love if that was the, that was the protocol of Paisley Park. As you enter the door, the tailor kind of approaches and just starts measuring you. Yeah, he the... just comes right at you with the measuring tape and all. <laughs> yeah, it's like before you meet Prince. By the way, I've got to make you an outfit. So uh, you know, sit over there for ten minutes while I hit the sewing machine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, and but I I love the fact that this ends with the question of you know, are you ready for one night alone with me? Because I think you know, for any Prince fan, you're like, yes, of course I am. You know, this like it's such it's such a kind of it's such a kind of funny thing that it's kind of like fan service but it's not really fan service because it could just be prince talking to this person who is you know going to be his lover this undulating acrobat but at the same time as a fan you're like yeah this is prince asking us are you ready 
to kind of go on this journey with through this album and you know i'm like yeah of course you know you've we started off quite well you know <laughs> let's see what the rest of the tracks hold on this you know if you're if you're an npg music club music fan you're like well i'm paying like 120 dollars for the privilege so i should hope i'm ready. yeah i was gonna say i'm um, pretty ready when when i gave you my credit card number i was pretty ready so but i mean you know this whole album is you know like prince did uh, an album called the truth which was just him and acoustic guitar mostly i mean he kind of cheated on that one um, so here, you know, it's mostly just Prince and, you know, his dove. The, well, Prince and his piano and his doves are credited uh, for ambient singing um, on the entire album. His dove's called Divinity and Majesty. Um, <laughs> and on a couple of tracks, you have John Blackwell on drums. Um, but most of the time, it's just Prince and a piano. Um, and I can imagine, you know, if you're if you were, a, you know, a music club fan in 2002, this is what you wanted. You know, you wanted you wanted albums from Prince that nobody else was hearing. And, you know, you wanted that exclusivity. And this kind of truly does feel like Prince is letting you in and being like, you know, sticking a microphone in the studio and just recording it, um, you know. So, I mean, for me, I would say uh, four out of five. You know, it's it's a nice little introduction to the start of this album. Um, none of the tracks on this album are particularly long. I mean, you know, the next track, which is five minutes, is the longest track on here. And so, you know, most of the tracks are kind of around three minutes. Um, so it's it's not a super long album, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, it's nice to just kind of get that intimacy of just Prince, you know, and a, and a microphone and a piano. And that's, you know, as advertised. Yeah, I, I would I mean, I would give it a five, but I'm going to take a half point off for the spoken word because it's I mean, and, and to be fair, that was definitely a, a thing in, in 90s, you know, kind of R&B flavored music and that, you know, the singer would just stop and you know, address his uh you know, the person this is supposed to be directed to directly. And, and it can, I don't think a lot of songs did it really well. It's always kind of sad, a little, a little corny, but he, he almost makes it work. And the, and the, 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 and the rest of the song balances it out nicely. So I'm going to say, I'll say four and a half. Um, and then obviously, you know, he performed it live, you know, the, the for some reason, this one night alone become like a, a brand for Prince where he, he did a live album and then he did like, um, he did another album after that, which was called, uh, one night alone live the after show it ain't over yet and it was like it was like i don't know why but for over the space of like the next kind of nine months he put out a lot of stuff that had one night alone as like the subtitle and the tour that took place during this time was also called one night alone so you know he really kind of leaned on that branding um which kind of puzzles me a little bit because I, i'm not sure that it's really i, I don't know like I, I guess I guess he kind of he kind of liked the sound of it, and so that's why he did it. Also, he spells night with a T, um, which you know kind of annoys me. It's like I you know I can I can forgive him putting fours and twos all over the place and changing U to just a letter U, but and so but but how do you spell? How do you feel about him writing out? Uh... The letter I as a as an eyeball. How, how do you feel about that? Oh, I mean, you know, I can live with that because he's been doing that for thirty years. But if you're going to spell night, because you know, in, it's going to be a beautiful night. He spelled the word night correctly. I, I change it to this I, night I, thing. I mean, I, I read a, you know. I read an article shortly after he passed away. I, I read an interview with uh, his his personal chef, and they said he they said that he actually even in like his personal writings he would write out 
an eyeball instead of the letter, the letter <laughs> I just in, in a note about like, you know, tonight I want soup and, and, you know, and, and like, you know, steamed broccoli for dinner. He would write out the, the eyeball instead of the letter I. So he said, he stayed, he stayed on brand till, you know, in everything, <laughs> which I kind of love. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And I'm sure it was written in purple ink because, uh, you know, He's Prince, and obviously he's got a, a reputation to uphold. And he really, and he really liked sweets, apparently. You know, it's this is a nice enough opening to the the album. Um, you know, Prince performed it live in in two thousand two on the One Night Alone tour, obviously. Um, but then after that, he stopped performing it. So as strong as the One Night Alone brand was, it basically only lasted until Musicology came out. <laughs> then he's kind of moved on. Um, which, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. Cause it's like, oh, you know, like it was, this is something that Prince will do where something is so kind of central and important, you know, that it's, it's all over everything. And then the, by the following year, he's just completely abandoned it and given up and he's no longer referring to stuff. Um, so I can kind of imagine that performing this, you know, it works as like the, the intro for, you know, kind of the, you know, the whole one night alone tour. But once you're off that tour, you can't really play this song like in the middle of a set. Like it just doesn't really make any sense. And I guess at a certain point you can't open every single tour with this song. <laughs> so um, I think after 2002, it probably served its purpose. Um, and Prince also had a habit of once there was a, a you know a live version that people could hear, you know, that had been recorded properly, he, he kind of stopped performing songs once there was like a definitive version out there, um, you know, of, of most of the songs. So you find that to be true once once he's put something in a form where it's permanent, he's kind of like, well, I don't need to perform that live anymore. Um, so, but I feel like we said about as much as we can about One Night Alone. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Gina? Uh, yeah, I co-host the Kill by Kill podcast, uh, a horror movie podcast in which we talk about movies uh, focusing on the victims and the ways that they are killed off. Uh, we are wrapping up a special run on uh, Commando, and then uh, we'll be getting into the remake of Friday the 13th. Uh, I also write about uh, old television and movies and pop culture at my website, which is GinaRadcliffe.com. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Trap by Track, or you can follow us on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us, not sure why you would, at PrinceTrapByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks much more for being my guest here, Gina. Thank you. And otherwise, goodbye.